today on Broadway for Friday, December 14th, 2018. I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, December 14th, 2018. I'm Broadway World Matt Tamanini. Are you are you mocking me? Yes, I am mocking you. Oh man, Mock. you got it. Oh. <laughs> it's even it's even weirder because Jeff Daniels was in Dumb and Dumber, and you've got mock bird. Yeah. So that's very good. I did not know where you were going with that at first, but it took me a minute. But I will say, James, just for no, for no specific reason, in every age, mankind attempts to fabricate great works at once magnificent and impossible. So just some something to chew on for your Friday. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> what, what's your favorite uh, line from Dumb and Dumber? I, I got to be honest with you. I'm not a huge Dumb and Dumber fan. My, it was my brother's favorite movie. But uh, I would go uh, kind of somewhat in a roundabout way to that very intelligent quote I just said. Mm-hmm. So you're so you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying <laughs> it's hysterical. What they're driving down the road and these and the cop pulls up behind him and goes, "Pull over, pull over." He goes, "No cardigan." <laughs> <laughs> Samson, Samsonite or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about this. I can't believe nobody's attempted to make Dumb and Dumber into a musical. I'm sure there's been a, you know, a fringe version or a nymph yeah. or something at some point. But I mean, a mainstream version, I think, I think, you know, there could, I think that could be along the lines of uh, successful as was the Monty Python, the uh, Spamalot. Spamalot, yeah. I think uh, Jeff Daniels owns a theater in, in Michigan. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Per- the Purple Rose Theater. I feel like he should be the one mounting this. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Give me, so, give me, give me Jeff Daniels on line three, please. <laughs> exactly. He's a little bit busy now, isn't he? He sure freaking is. Yeah. All right. The critics weigh in on To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. Yes. Last night, the Aaron Sorkin penned stage adaptation, not the first stage adaptation of Harper Lee's classic novel, To Kill a Mockingbird, but the most recent and based off of everybody's opinions, Mm -hmm. the best. Um, It currently is playing the Schubert Theater on Broadway, produced by Scott Rudin and directed by Bartlett Shear. The cast is a veritable who's who of stars of stage and screen. Jeff Daniels plays Atticus Finch. He is joined by Celia Keenan-Bolger, as well as Latanya Richardson-Jackson, Gideon Glick, um, who else? Dakin Matthews, Will Pullen, uh, Stark Sands, uh, Frederick Weller, Aaron Wilhelmy. Um, it's uh, uh, just uh, Tom Robinson is... oh. Jagebni Akanabi. I'm sure I screwed that up, but he was phenomenal. Um, so really, James, uh, an all-star cast, both on stage and off. And it seems like for the most part so far, I know the Wall Street Journal, I don't subscribe, so I only got to see the little bit of it. Shockingly, Terry Teachout didn't like it, but everybody else really <laughs> – shocking, I know. Uh, some of those political messages he didn't like. Anyway, so um, – but everybody else really seemed to like it. Let's start with Matt Winman from AM New York. He gave the show three and a half out of four stars. He said, quote, To Kill a Mockingbird proves to be an engrossing, provocative, and uniformly well-acted adaptation and a fitting addition to a shifting Broadway landscape where an increasing number of plays are gaining the muscularity to stand alongside musicals in prestige and box office power. Although the plot remains relatively intact, Sorkin has updated the book with an eye toward dramatic structure, 
character development, and contemporary cultural relevance. Perhaps more crucially, Sorkin has opened up the book's most prominent black characters, Tom Robinson and longtime family maid Calpurnia, allowing them to more fully express themselves, and Sorkin presents Atticus as a central protagonist and a more complicated figure whose views are challenged and changed. I think that's something that I hinted about. I tried not to do a full review after I saw it because I saw the second preview, James. But that's what I took away from this show is that it is very much the To Kill a Mockingbird that you're going to be familiar with. But instead of of Atticus Finch being this bastion of purity and all of the right answers, he's actually wrong uh, in, in, in a lot of ways and not by major degrees. And it's not like he's, uh, you know, screws things up. But throughout the course of the show, he sees that his view that you have to walk a, a mile in somebody's shoes or try on their skin might not be exactly what is necessary in all situations. And I really appreciated that because I think Sorkin's West Wing has gotten a lot of um, 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 I don't know the right word. It had been blamed a lot for a certain generation of liberals thinking too purely. And I felt a lot of resonance between that Atticus uh, that people grew up reading and this Atticus. And maybe I saw some comparisons to Jed Bartlett in uh, that old Atticus. And this was a way for Aaron Sorkin to kind of make up for that. But anyway, let's go on to the actual people who are paid to write reviews. Adam Feldman from Time Out in New York gave the show four out of five stars, saying, quote, in Sorkin's adapt if Sorkin's adaptation lacks the subtlety and plain spokenness of Lee's novel, it has moments of old fashioned power. The playwright knows how to set up a court scene and others of surprising tenderness, as when Atticus briefly takes the fatherless dill under his wing. As perhaps befits the material, uh, or sorry, as as perhaps befits material that has been a high school mainstay for decades, this To Kill a Mockingbird has many teachable moments, perhaps a few too many. But it does, and I mean this as a compliment, a very decent job. A couple more I want to read to you here. Um, Marilyn Stacio from Variety said, quote, against all odds, Aaron Sorkin and Bartlett Shear have succeeded in crafting a stage worthy adaptation of Harper Lee's classic American novel to kill a mockingbird. The ever likable Daniels, whose casting was genius, gives a strong and searching performance as Atticus Finch. Celia Keenan Bolger, best rem remembered for 25th annual play. I'm counting spelling bee, but grown up now is smart funny and entirely convincing as scout Atticus's precocious six-year-old daughter and the narrator of the story. The rest of the large and very fine cast performed their parts with all their heart under Shear's impeccably fine-tuned direction. And I'm going to read one more because this really, a lot of the questions, James, that people had about the show is why in the world are the three children at the center of this story being played by adults and Celia Keenan-Bolger, who I believe is is right around 40 if not even more than that this kind of explains not only why it was done but why it works so well this is greg evans from deadline he said quote the children played with no excuses offered or needed by adults appear in what seems to be an empty dilapidated building maybe an old courthouse fallen into neglect justice itself has become a thing of memory it's paint peeling what really happened that night to Bob or that the night Bob Yule died, wonders Scout, the most inquisitive and persistent of the three. Could a man really fall on his own knife? Something about the grim story of that harvest night doesn't add up, no matter what Atticus or the local newspaper said. And Miss Finch, is she really young? Wants her brother, her best friend, and the audience at Broadway's Schubert Theater to reconsider 
everything. The setup is Sorkin masterstroke, perfectly executed by director Bartlett Sheer, a dreamy gambit that justifies every liberty this simultaneously revisionist and faithful mockingbird will take over the next two hours plus. When exactly are the young Finches and their beloved childhood friend reuniting for this exorcism? How long has Scout been pondering that grim evening when she and her brother were viciously attacked, when their attacker killed, when one neighborhood mystery emerged from the shadows and another took its place among the secrets? Weeks? Months? James, I, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Um, this show, to me, it does not have the the flash and the energy and perhaps even the excitement of things like The Ferryman or Network. But I, I haven't seen Network yet. I'm hoping to next month. But I did see Ferryman, and obviously I read all the reviews for Network. I feel like To Kill a Mockingbird is a much more well-crafted script than definitely Network. And it might not be as emotionally volatile or impactful uh, in the moment as the ferryman. But I think it's, I think it stands up better as a piece of dramatic literature. And I think the emotions are much more earned than what you see in the ferryman. So I don't expect this to beat out the ferryman for best play, but to me, it's the best play that I've seen this year. Hmm. All right. Well, um, you know, the word of mouth uh, since the first preview has been very, very good on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems as though that these uh, reviews uh, since Mr. Teachout uh, agree with this. And it's on sale right now through September 8th or so. Uh, so they anticipate that it's uh, going to run. Uh, so mm-hmm. e- excellent, you know. We'll have to see if... Uh, See if we can get uh, Jeff Daniels on and uh, chat with us. Think yeah, about that, yeah, about that uh, uh, yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Dumber music. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like Jim Carrey could write the book. I mean, come on now. Oh, yeah, that's I'm true. Let's do it. <laughs> if uh, Jim Carrey can't do it, maybe uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda can fit it in his schedule. I think either him or Billy Eichner could do a really good job uh, writing that script. I think they should do it together, actually. <laughs> That'd be fun. All right, what do we have in the recommendation section? Uh, well, I've got a video with Lynn manuel Miranda and Billy Eichner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lynn manuel Miranda, uh, he was a guest on the most recent episode of, of Billy on the Street. James, remember yesterday we talked about the fact that I don't do awkward. This is the exact type of awkward that I mm. don't do. Super awkward. Just a guy with a microphone and a camera running up on the streets of New York and yelling at you and asking you weird questions. But it's really funny. And what's really cool about this is um, – just how thrilled that people are when they realize that the, the the person behind the crazy guy with with the mic yelling at them is Lin-Manuel Miranda. They seem genuinely thrilled and, and, and moved. So I liked that. And then Lin also did – he's obviously promoting the Mary Poppins Returns uh, movie, which comes out next week, which I'll talk about here in a second. He did um, – the wired autocomplete interview. This is one of those videos where you watch it and you could very easily go down a rabbit hole of all the other cool people who've done it where they've got like four or five cue cards and they have actual questions that like if you type in the person's name, it's the autocomplete Mm, questions on Google. And then you, you peel it off to read it and they answer the question. If you like look at one and then you go at all the suggestions, you could watch them forever. It's like the 74 question interview that's on uh, that. Who does that? Um, Esquire or something. So uh, very fun. But um, I will tell you, James, over the last few weeks, I've talked about 
going to movies that um, I was not allowed to talk about. One of them was Mary Poppins Returns. That embargo has lifted. I wish it hadn't because Mary Poppins Returns is not a very good movie. Oh, it was no. it was actively bad in my impre- in, uh, in my opinion. Um, although I will say that the last fifteen minutes are magical. The first, however long it is, minus fifteen minutes was wildly disappointing in my opinion but that's just me i hope other people enjoy it it seems that a lot of people who have seen it have i did not so take that for what it's worth so uh maybe we should make some broadway con t-shirts say i'd rather you enjoy it than agree with me oh that's a good that's a peter felicia original right there yeah i like that i like that a lot i'm gonna make some red hats that say make broadway smart again Oh, please, God, don't, don't, I don't, <laughs> no. because then you got to deal with like the people who are like mad at you until they get close enough to reach your hat. Again, that's <laughs> awkward. And I don't like that. I'm uncomfortable just thinking about it. Okay. Well, we probably won't do that. All right, Matt, what else do you have? Okay, just a few uh, bits of casting and show news that I want to get to before we head off into the weekend. Yesterday, the cast for the upcoming U.S. premiere of Florian Zeller's The Mother from the Atlantic Theater Company was announced under the direction of Trip Coleman because every single play in New York City has to be directed by Trip Coleman. The cast will feature the legendary French actress Isabelle Huppert, uh, stage and screen star Mr. Big himself, Chris Knopf, uh, Justice Smith, and Odessa Young. With a script translated by Christopher Hampton, the show will begin performances on February 20 and is currently slated to run through April 7th. Speaking of off-Broadway announcements, yesterday we learned who will be starring in Signature Theater's production of By the Way, Meet Vera Stark from two-time Pulitzer Prize winner Lynn Nottage. The production, which is now slated to play from January 29th through March 3rd, will feature Jessica Francis Dukes in the title role, Jenny Barber, Manuel Felciano, Warner Miller, Kara Patterson, Heather Alicia Sims, and David Turner. Now, if you go from uh, Manhattan, where Off-Broadway is, and move about 500 miles to the north and the west, yesterday it was announced that after an exhaustive search, and I can tell you, it was very exhaustive. I've heard a lot of stories about them struggling to find the right person. Canadian actor Robert Marcus was announced to be playing Evan Hansen in Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, When the show (laughs) has its Toronto premiere at the Royal Alexandra Theatre, beginning on March 5th of next year. The rest of the cast will be announced shortly. And finally, James, this one's for you. As yesterday, producers announced that Pretty Woman would open in Hamburg, Germany, beginning on September 23rd of next year. It will still be called Pretty Woman the Musical. I think they missed a really vital chance to call it Pretty Woman Das Musical. But (laughs) but what do I know? So uh, any word from that press release? Who will be starring in uh, Pretty Woman in Germany? Uh, no, James, I would have to imagine that if they're they're going to do Pretty Woman, they would have to get a star, a especially star. for Edward, a huge star. The largest that everybody star in Germany. In Germany. Yeah, yeah the, the, someone that everyone in Germany loves. Who do you think that could be? Germans love David Hasselhoff. I was going to go Norm MacDonald, but that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we get Hasselhoff to star in uh, Pretty Woman in uh, – I mean, it kind of fits. Like, oh, no. I mean, it actually kind of fits. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, yeah. Um, okay. You know, Pretty pretty Woman has confounded uh, and bucked the trend here with uh, weekly grosses above a million dollars. Isn't that correct, normally? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, damn, damn, the, uh, damn the torpedoes. Damn the reviews. Full speed ahead. Uh <laughs> Yeah, they have done uh, very well there. So, uh, 
So, uh, yeah, if Hasselhoff does do it, I am going to have to hop a flight, you know, um, short, short of uh, really? short of Hasselhoff in uh, Pimpernel, you know. That, that's cr- something something weird is going on there. Something weird is going on there. But, uh, yeah. I have another theory, but I'll share that with you offline. Oh, yeah. No. And, uh, you know, and we'll, uh, we're going to have to get back and talk with our listeners, uh, you know, uh, in the January time frame uh, in case uh, of any iceberg tragedies. So, um, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? Uh, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. That's actually related to my theory. Um, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com. I have a back room with lots of uh, strings and pushpins and it's, <laughs> Broadway it's been, theaters and shows. Yeah, James, it's been an honor to play with you tonight. <laughs> And uh, thanks for spending some of your Friday with us and getting us into the weekend. Matt, we have nothing on Saturday, do we? Or don't we? Not that I'm aware of currently, but we will have this week on Broadway uh, on Sunday. And just so you know, there's room for two people. There's always there's There's definitely there was definitely room for two people. Definitely. And I just if there's a floating piece of wood, both you can fit on it. Yes. I've seen the diagrams. It's scientifically proven. All right. Uh, And Matt and I will talk to you on Monday. Monday.